All right, let's dive in. Fruit. We've been talking about fruit. I'm not going to show you the scriptures again. Go back and listen to the podcast. God wants us to bear fruit. Much fruit and fruit that lasts. Last week, we just touched on the four types of fruit. We're going to dive right back into that this morning. Oops. Here we go, the types of fruit. Let's just dive in. I kind of want to go quickly, if y'all don't mind. The first one is the fruit of repentance. I don't want to get stuck here again, but at the same time, I want to get stuck here again because it is what Jesus said for us to do. Does anybody care? Can I get a witness out there? What did Jesus say? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And as he sends us out, this whole thing that we're doing on Wednesday nights with this Francis Chan book is talking about getting us to be the church, not someone that warms a pew, but what God intended for the church. And that was to get in here, to get taught, to be discipled, and to go. And to, and to disciple others. You are not just to be discipled, you are to disciple. Everyone. Say me. You are to be discipled and to disciple. It's what God called us to do. And what Jesus said to do was to go out and tell people, repent. I'm sorry, you may think, well, people don't want to hear that. Well, the Lord doesn't say what they're wanting to hear and what they're not wanting to hear. He's saying what they need to hear. A good father tells us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And God says, if we will just proclaim his word, he'll do the work of the word. Whatever the word is supposed to do, he'll do that. The word, the word won't return void, but it will accomplish what it was set forth to do. But we get in the way and think that we're going to hurt people's feelings, and we don't do what God called us to do. So what happens, that word can't work. Part of our job is to go and proclaim the good news and to say what Jesus told us to say. And one of them is, hey, you need to repent. Can I help you repent? Can I teach you how to repent? And before that, we have to repent. All right, fruit of repentance. Second, the fruit of the Spirit. We talked just briefly last week about Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the nine qualities of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. Now, I almost feel like I am being um, blasphemous by speeding through that. We should be showing those characteristics if we are genuinely a disciple of Christ. If we're not, then that's, a, that's an indicator to let you know, hey, you've got some improving to do. You've got some growing to do. And the way to grow is to be in the Word and let the seed of that Word grow in you. And when that grows, it will start to show forth as godly spiritual fruit. Do you hear me? God wants us, commands us, has created us to bear fruit. And part of bearing that fruit are those nine spiritual fruits. I can tell you, I still am struggling with many of those on the list. I mean, I can just tell you story after story after story, and I kind of think, do I need to come in here and always tell my story? So I'm going to try to just kind of preach the word. I'm going to still interject my stories every now and then. But I've got issues 
that God is working through. It does not disqualify me. It qualifies me. He gave me instructions to help me because he knew that I had these things. So I'm going to follow him. The third one, the fruit of bringing someone to Jesus. I'm telling you, we've gotten in such a mode of receiving that we forgot that we're supposed to go out and win people. We've gotten in such a mood of being served. We've gotten in such a mood of being entertained. Um, I, wanna, I want to teach you for just a second. We did that last song, Raise a Hallelujah. And all I can think of is the children of Israel in the Old Testament, whenever there was a battle, whenever there was a war, whenever the children of Israel were sent forth, one tribe always went first. So there were 12 tribes, but one tribe always went first. And Debbie said it. It was the tribe of Judah. And Judah, I'm going to let Debbie just preach it because she knows right where I'm going. Judah means praise. So what goes, for, what goes first? When you're going into a battle, when you're going into a war, what should go first? Praise. So this whole, this whole raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies, in the storm, in the things that I'm facing, what are they saying that we, as we go into that storm, what should be leading us? Our praise. Because what happens is when our praise goes first, sometimes you show up and the enemy's already defeated. God starts working. When we, when we enter with praise, we enter with God in front. And let me tell you, atmospheres change. Um, the outcome change, that when 300 goes up against hundreds of thousands, the 300 win. You may be facing millions, and you're only 300. I mean, look at us. We let God go first. We are going to have victory. So when we raise a hallelujah, I want to I feel like that that is a battle cry song. How many here are facing a battle? That's all we sang this morning was praise. The, the breath in, in my lungs. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. We are saying these things to position ourselves for God to go forth before us rather than us. Bring someone to Jesus. When you help somebody else into the kingdom of God, when you're helping somebody to be born again, when you're sharing your faith, God has called us to do that. And you may say, I don't know how to do that. It's okay. Get in the word, get connected to the body, and then just give it your, well, we had a, uh, we were at a hotel one night and we got in there and the bathroom was dirty. In a place you wouldn't want it to be dirty. So Elizabeth goes to the manager, and it was late at night, but the manager was there, and he said, I'm so sorry, I'm going to give it the old one, too. And he went like this. <laughs> I'm like, what's the old one, too? <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to know. We didn't follow to find out. But there is something awesome when you just try at the moment that God gives you that chance. There's something awesome about me seeing my child, and I've told them to go do something. They don't know what they're doing, but they're trying with everything they've got. 
They're not fussing. They're not running. They're, they're just going to try. And God wants us to be childlike. One big problem we have, even when sharing the gospel, is we, met, we just get in the way of it. Get out of the way. Let God be God. Just tell it from your heart what God did in your life. Do you know that God wants you to use your testimony? We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And I want you to know, I don't care how knowledgeable you are in the word, you have a testimony. And you're the best one at telling your story. I don't like people telling my story. No one can ever get it right. (laughs) They can't because it's not their story. God has equipped me with my story to help you overcome what you're facing. God has equipped you with your story to help those that you work around and that are, that are living around to help them overcome what they're facing. God has equipped you. You pair your story with the word of God and with the spirit of God. Now, let me tell you, you're a force to be reckoned with. But we don't know it. We don't believe it. We forgot who we are. We sang it all this morning, but you still didn't get it. Bringing people to Jesus. You know, there are two things you can't do in heaven. Two things, at least. You can't sin, and you can't witness. That's why we're here, is to overcome sin and to witness. We are called to witness You are called to witness to others. What are you witnessing? I'm witnessing what I have experienced with Christ. Can I I share my witness with you? Whenever you hear a witness, they give their story of what happened. We overthink it and think we've got to be a biblical scholar in order to win people to Christ. Let me tell you, the disciples were not that. Paul was, but the disciples weren't. They were fishermen, rough as they come. They had issues, just like you. Finally, fourth type of fruit I just want to share this morning is ministering to others. What this means is serving God in the way that he has shaped you to use your gifts, your heart, your ability, your personality, your experiences. Um, Elizabeth and I, or she was talking just about this, this, this weekend about how some people just get quiet. It's their personality. And you've got to get around other people and hang out with other people until they can start to open up. And, you know, I, 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 I talk, I, I have a position where I have to talk, but I can tell you, I typically don't talk. I like to be alone. I like to drive by myself. I like to be in my office by myself. I've been accused of shenanigans because I shut the door in my office. I'm not doing anything stupid. I just like to be alone. God made me that way. It doesn't mean I don't be around people. I do get around people. I have lunch with people. I have meetings with people and I talk. But my personality isn't always to do that. But I want you to know that God has gifted me in order to minister to others. And you can see that because I'm here at the pulpit, but God has gifted you to minister to others. This whole thing that we're walking through as a class is learning how to take the gifts and the knowledge and the uh, discipleship that we're learning and begin to let that outwork into other people. 
get it out of the building. Church is not this building. Church is you. And God has to be able to work through us. The fruit of ministry to others. Every Christian is a minister. Not every Christian is a pastor, but every Christian is a minister. And he wants to show the fruit of ministry in their life. That's how we show that we're productive. Jesus took the issue of bearing fruit so seriously. At one time, he walked into Jerusalem and saw a tree. And it was a fruit tree that didn't have any fruit on it. It had plenty of leaves on it, but no fruit. And the purpose of that tree was to bear fruit not just have leaves. And the Bible says, and Jesus doesn't do anything by accident. Jesus looks at this barren fruit tree, no fruit on it, and the Bible says he does something serious to it. He cursed it. Cursed the tree. Now, it seems harsh. He cursed. The disciples are amazed that he did it. He just cursed the fruit tree because it hadn't borne fruit. Later, when they're walking back into the town, they came back by that tree, and sure enough, it had withered and died. Now that was not a parable or uh, that was not a parable or a miracle to show off it was to teach the lesson of the seriousness of not bearing fruit. Jesus is trying to teach us a lesson. Not bearing fruit a non-productive non-productive follower of Jesus is a contradiction. Did you hear me? A non-fruit bearing Christian is a contradiction. God says fruit brings glory to him. Be productive. That's his plan. It's our proof of our salvation. It's our proof of our discipleship. It's the proof that we know God. And it's the heartbeat of the relationship that we have to Christ. In Luke chapter 13, verse 7, it says, I've been coming back to look for fruit on this tree, but I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? In other words, why should it take up space? Now, in that parable, Jesus is talking about particularly the fruitfulness of Israel, the nation of Israel, and how it had been walking around the country for three years, and he hadn't seen any fruit. But the principle here is this. If it doesn't bear fruit, it deserves to be cut down. He makes the point over and over. Not in just one place. Matthew chapter 3, verse 10. Every fruit tree that doesn't bear fruit will be cut down. Church, this isn't so important. God doesn't just expect you to be faithful, He expects you to be fruitful. God doesn't just expect you to be faithful. He expects you to be fruitful. And it is spiritual, godly success. Productivity is bearing fruit. God doesn't want you to be successful according to the world's standards. God's definition of success and productivity is clear. It's fruitfulness. All those things, repentance, character, bringing other people to the Lord, fulfilling my shape and serving, by ser- and serving God by serving others, just not having a lot of leaves is enough. I'm telling you what, we can put on a show. We can look good, but are we bearing fruit? 
Now, I ask this just for you to be able to ask yourself personally, because it's not the end of the road. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. It's a turning point. It's literally a time for repentance of being able to say, okay, I'm not bearing fruit. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to make a change in my life in order to bear fruit. You know what? That is defining repentance, acknowledging the wrong way, turning and going the other way and doing it. Repentance isn't always, oh, I've, oh, I've stolen and I need to go give that back and I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to not steal anymore. Repentance is turning. I'm going the wrong way. I'm humbling myself, allowing the teacher to tell me the truth. I accept the truth and I turn and I go the other direction. I think, I think that's repentance. It includes sin, but that it's not, that's not all inclusive, just sin. Sin is just the part that we need to get cleaned up and move away from. But the direction of my life, God has a plan and a direction for my life, and I've not been following. Okay, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to hear him. And I hear him through his word, through his spirit, and through his body. I also hear him through nature. Does anybody ever hear God when you're outside? Praise God for 60 degrees and sunny. Did the groundhog see its shadow? What does that mean? Is that good or is that bad? Cool. Uh, One of our statisticians said he's only right 39% of the time. Well, I'm calling Peggy our statistician. So I'm going to leave us, I'm going to leave us here. I, this is really where I tried to get even last week. But we've got to know, number one, if I'm not bearing fruit, what do I do? We've, we've listed the fruits. We've talked about the fruits. We've, we've mentioned that God requires us to bear fruit. I've kind of pointed out four big fruits. Now there's lots of fruits. You're a fruit, by the way, and I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but listen to me. Now, how, how do we change? And I'm going to leave you just giving you this point and tell you this is where we're going to pick it up next week. Four conditions of bearing fruit. Number one, deep roots. Deep roots. We are not bearing fruit because of our roots. When the root is good, when the root is connected, it can't keep from bearing fruit. When the roots are deep and good and in good soil, storms can come, but it'll keep bearing fruit. My problem is my roots. I can look one way on the top, but have issues and bearing no fruit.